Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hey, thanks for listening to the Better Pleasure Podcast with me, Bo, and my co-laborer, Peter Martin. And Peter's just come out with a new book, and you got to check it out. It's called Fellowship of Suffering, and it's on Amazon. Yeah, you can go to Amazon.com and just type in Fellowship of Suffering by Peter Martin. On this episode of the Better Pleasure Podcast, Peter and I look a little more into the sexual education being taught by Justine Ang Font and discuss some really interesting ideas that are suggested in this short audio clip that we share presented to six-year-olds. Yep, I said six-year-olds. And so already in the discussion, Peter's starting to get into it, so enjoy. Hey, Rach, she made a curriculum for an elementary school, and it includes a cartoon uh, explaining masturbation to kids. Like to six-year-olds, which I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so it's like, like, what's it explaining? So like a little it, in the cartoon, a little boy's going up to like a his mom or something, some grown woman, and he was like, hey, like why does it feel good when I touch my penis? And she's like, oh, you know, sometimes your penis gets hard, and you know, it feels good to touch it, and that's cool, and you just go ahead and touch it all you want, and <laughs> and this little girl comes up, and she says, how about me? And she's like, yeah, you know, you have something called a clitoris, and it's on the vulva, and you can also touch that, and it feels really good as well, but if you notice, adults try not to do that in public, so if you're going to do it, try to do it in private. <laughs> try? Like, yeah, try to do it in private, and you're just like, whoa. Is that how she does it, really? That's try? That's really how she does it, yeah. Try? Try to do it in public, I mean private, and if you can't, let me let me see if I can pull it up real quick. You could hear it. So last week we did this podcast with Adrian Van Vactor uh, included with us, and we talked a little bit about a article that was published by... Let me look up the name again. It was like Ang Font. I thought it was Gabe, but uh, let me Gabe let me look. Sound right? <laughs> <laughs> You're all Gabe. Don't sound right. What, what was the article? It was on the Federalist. Yeah. And it was by Gabe Kaminsky. That's who wrote the article. Oh, that's the art. You're right. Yeah, that's right. The article. And then the article was about a teacher. And right, and she's not like a on staff teacher. No. I think it's uh, she has her own like company. Right, right. Let's and see. I can't find her name. Um, but she did, yeah. Justine Ang Font. Yeah, that's right. That's it. So yeah, she's out of Cali- California, okay. or she's a California native. So this is this is the video. I don't know if it will be loud enough for people to hear. I'm going to put it right close to my speaker. Um, if you have kids in the room, I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't listen to this. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little odd. But this is a. It's in a cartoon format, and this is geared towards six-year-olds. So let me let me play the audio, and if you can't hear it, me and Bo will comment on it in a second. Penis gets big sometimes and points up in the air. That's called an erection. Sometimes I touch my penis because it feels good. Sometimes when I'm in my bath or when mom puts me to bed, I like to touch my vulva too. 
You have a clitoris there, Kayla, that probably feels good to touch the same way Keith's penis feels good when he touches it. But have you ever noticed that older kids and grown-ups don't touch their private parts in public? Hmm, they don't? That's right, Keith. It's okay to touch yourself and see how different body parts feel, but it's best to only do it in private. Well, if private parts are so special, why do you cover them up? Because they are private, silly. That's right, Kayla. Because they are private. So that's the video. And uh, it, it's geared, once again, it's geared for six-year-olds. <laughs> so a six-year-old. Yeah. Gosh, at six years of age, you're like, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I mean, what do you think of it? Well, there's a couple things that I think about. Um, the first one that I think about is that just because a subject matter is appropriate in one context doesn't make it appropriate in all contexts and especially sexual ones. And what I mean by that is there are certain uh, topics that I feel are appropriate between a parent and child that are inappropriate between a stranger and a child. So there's a certain age range where I would say classes like that might not be, uh, I still think the way, Everything about that cartoon just kind of creeps me out. <laughs> the fact that, like, the way the kid sounds, like, and but my natural <laughs> instinctual revulsions aside, just Peter, you're really, <laughs> yeah. you're you're really sexually repressed, aren't you? <laughs> I guess this was going on. <laughs> uh, just evaluating the content, um, I don't think I would have a problem talking to my son or daughter about something like that. Like, if if my son came up to me and said, "Hey, Dad," like. It feels kind of good when I do this. I would, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, like you must have like the demon of masturbation in you, and I need to send that right now. I'd be like, okay, like you wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's because I've been too influenced by the world, man. But, uh, but no, I, I would be able to have a conversation with like this with him and point out that in the Bible, in the Book of Leviticus, it has prescriptions for uh, young adolescent boys having nocturnal emissions. So this is not something that this is not a subject matter that God is shy about talking about. Uh, it's obviously something that he feels pretty confident putting in his word. Yeah. Uh, and I could talk even though there it. even though there's not no there's not like an in-depth law about, right. you know, like masturbation laws. Right. Like if your kid comes up to you and he masturbates at six years of age, this is how you go. About right. It. Right. No, nothing like that. <laughs> or, or but the idea of um, private parts or yeah. you know, the, the word that the, the Bible subject. uses is emissions. Mm -hmm. Like that's the word you're going to see in the Bible. Um, things like that. I, I wouldn't have a problem talking to my kid about it. But I would be a little upset, and by a little, I mean I would be pretty upset <laughs> if a stranger or a teacher had those same kind of conversations with my six-year-old. Yeah, okay, and that I, that makes sense because we would agree on that on many facets. Right. Not just talking about masturbation. Right. But we would think that there's many things that are okay for a parent to speak to their child about and not another one big one discipline right right right, right? and that's another interesting thing about this video that's uh, so fascinating to me is that it's not stating facts it is morally educating uh, meaning that she's taking moral stances within the video she's not just saying this is what happens with your reproductive organs she's making statements like it's okay to do this in private right so she is making a moral statement about masturbation 
towards kids. That's another problem that I'd have with it. You know, the education system, I think the, the school education system uh, has some flaws, but one of the main ones is that teachers are not supposed to, that's not the purpose of school. That's not why you send your kids to school, is to get moral education. Uh, you send your kids to school to get educated on things like politics, mathematics, uh, physics, things like that. But if a teacher is going to share a moral opinion with a, a student, they have to be clear that this is my opinion. Like Usually I, that's why people will send their child to a parochial school because they want a little religion in them right. to understand right or wrong. That's right. And I have my feelings about that. But at least if you're sending your kid to a private school, you as a parent are in some way controlling what moral uh, worldview is being taught to your kid. Uh, when you go to you, you send your kid to a public school, then you have teachers from all different stripes giving their moral opinions. And once again, I have no problem with a teacher saying, hey, this is my moral opinion. I think that this is right. You know, if, if my kid is going to an elementary school and they're talking about something like world history and the teacher is like hey my moral opinion this is my opinion i think that this behavior that america did back in the day or germany did or china did i think this was wrong i don't think they should have done that but there are other worldviews like that that kind of dialogue i'm okay with but giving moral statements in an objective fashion which is what she did in this video Overall, I have a problem with when it comes to especially public education. Now, to be fair, she teaches at private schools, but it's not um, it's not a private school that's like Christian or conservative or liberal even. It's just a private school in the sense that I don't even know what you would call them. Like charter schools? Uh, not really a charter school. It's, it's almost like what your brother teaches. Oh, at. okay. Like, so it's not... I mean, yeah, when you send kids it's a to, private school. to like pr Pruitt, right? It's or Drew. Drew. Um, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of the parents are like, yeah, they're going to get a liberal worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're pretty familiar with that. But it's not something where if you send your kid to that school, you have an idea of the moral stance in every subject. Not like a Christian school. Right. Where in a Christian school, you have an idea of every subject, what they're going to say morally, that they're going to try to uphold the morals of the Bible in every subject. In a school like Drew, that's not the case. You have an idea that they're probably gonna uphold a lot of liberal views, but that's not necessarily going to happen in every single class, and it's not necessarily gonna uphold your sexual views, uh, your views about governmental assistance, your views about history. Your I hope that makes sense, but yeah. it's, not, it's not meant to be like, I want to control the moral views in every class. It's not like that. Yeah, and it's so subtle, right? Because in the, in the piece that you, you showed or that you played, it, you, you don't really get uh, the idea that she's doing some kind of moral sleight of hand. Right. Uh, you know, it seems like it, everything's just fine. But yet there is that kind of moral sleight of hand going on, <laughs> right? That's right. It, it doesn't seem like it when you listen to it. You just listen to it and you go, oh, yeah, okay, that's great, you know. Um, but when you point that out, that there is a moral decision being made on something, um, you know. I, I have a couple things that I think is kind of interesting. One of them is that why would you assume that, Every six-year-old in the class is touching themselves. Needs, yeah, yeah. needs <laughs> this kind of, you know, dialogue. Right, and it's it's a very odd assumption, especially for, I would say, young girls. 
Um, boys are, you know, you hang around with <laughs> young boys for long enough. They got their hands down their pants, you know, but they're not masturbating. And that they just think they just think their their junk is the funniest thing ever, you know. Like they think yeah. it's a fire hose, you know. They, you know, young boys just think it's hilarious. They think it's really comedic. They're not looking at it like they haven't processed it as a sexual organ yet. Uh, that doesn't usually happen. Now there are some boys that are, I guess you call them early bloomers, <laughs> that they're starting to see it that way at the age of six. But most, I would say. Are not maybe this is the result of a lot of distribution of pornography right um, that's just a thought you know maybe that's kind of this is the result of that like hey you know kids are being educated watching porn a lot younger and maybe you know you know they kind of need to learn about their body kind of thing um, you know but then there might be a lot of another some other issues there that you want to you know what six year old again I would really wonder like what six year olds really look thinking about their their uh, genitalia in a sexual way right of a fifteen year old right you know I I don't I I, I would really like to see that six year old and talk to them and right. Um, cause it might be a real insight into like the parents, their home life, their yeah. home life and kind of what, what is happening there. I mean, I count myself a very highly sexual young kid. Um, you know, I can remember in kindergarten kissing girls, um, in the bushes. I can remember being at neighbors' houses, flirting around, touching private parts, you know, things that people would consider, like, you know, really wrong. Right. Um, of course, I had a lot of issues going on with my family at the time. Right. Um, and that was a red flag, you know, for sure. Did I know what my sexual organs were all about? Absolutely not. Yeah, that was actually the question I was going to ask you. Of like, how did you process those moments, you know? You know, I, all I can remember, like, when I look back that long ago is fun. Yeah. You know, and that's how I've always looked at pornography and how I've always looked <laughs> at sex. Fun. Yeah. It was just exciting. Yeah. Um, kind of a neat thing. Just it felt good. Yeah, it felt good. <laughs> yeah. It was kinda not it was kinda fun. Nothing negative really about it. Yeah. Um um so but I I, I didn't go home and I, I you know I never remember myself like dwelling on you know, these kind of things. Right. You know. And that's that's why, by the way, you know, most cultures and societies have waited to have talks about sexuality. And when I talk about sexuality, I mean making moral discussions with your kids, like really serious ones, until they are, you know, kind of close to teenage years, you know, 12, 13, that kind of thing, maybe a little younger. But the reason why is because that's, a recreational activity is something that feels really good that has external consequences towards others. So like a kid, you know, who overeats, a parent really doesn't need to sit down with that kid and talk to them about diabetes and, you know, heart issues and things like that. They just basically say, just don't do that. You know, uh, that's, that's going to be how those conversations are going to go. But when it comes to sexual issues, it is something that feels good, but the kid is not old enough to understand like, Oh, but if I only see it as recreational, 
this has effects and consequences towards others, right? They're not, they're not really old enough to contextualize that or to even see what that even means. As you said, that it like, this is making me feel good or is making this person feel good. And why is it doing that? And why should this be in the bounds of like a relationship or, you know what I mean? Like a kid is really not ready to understand those things until a little bit later. Yeah. And it's interesting. What is a six-year-old ready for? Right. And what is a six-year-old not ready for? Right. Now, there are what we used to call protégés or prodigies yeah. that were very young people that excelled mm-hmm. intellectually, musically, art- artistically in something. Right. I, I've never kind of met a sexual protege at six. <laughs> at, six. <laughs> at six, yeah. That's how they're developing. <laughs> you know. Maybe Beethoven. No. <laughs> they're, they're just like masters of masturbation. Yeah, they just understand it. <laughs> yeah, they just get it. They kind of go, you know what? Man, I like masturbating. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, and, you know, I, and they, they like think through it. As you get older, you think about masturbation. You think about sex. Um you know, you're you're volitional. Mm. Uh, that's a good, very cognitive, right? Very aware. I don't know how many six-year-olds are very volitional and cognitive in the way they touch themselves. Yeah, like sexually, sexually cognitive. cognitive. Yeah. yeah, where they're thinking, man, you know. Now, if a, if a, if a kid, if you raise a kid, I would imagine. You know, as they're born and as the kids, you know, three years old, two years old, and you're introducing them to pornography, Mm. you know, at two or three years of age, and you're grooming them, you know, to, uh, you know, think of masturbation as normal. Right. Um then I I don't want to use the word normal because masturbation in and away is normal. Um, certainly it's a functionality of human beings. Right. But if, uh, I, I, you get what I'm saying though, if someone's grooming them to, um, kind of, uh, be very, uh, sexually aware. Right. At a young age, then I guess, um, you know, you might need a video like that. You know, I don't even know if you would, but, uh, you know, to be like, Hey, yeah, your penis is hard and this is what you're supposed to do. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Maybe that two-year-old, when they become four, will get it. Um, I don't know. It seems like a quite an interesting experiment. (laughs) Right. And and it does go into, you know, like some theories that people in the sexual revolution had. That is that the majority of what's wrong with us as a species is sexual repression. Right. That we need to liberate people's sexual desires so that they understand. And we're all suffering under the horrible puritanical you know views of sex and if we just free people's inhibitions up you know war and poverty are just going to go away you know because obviously everyone who declares war is just sexually pent up you know and they just (laughs) need to express themselves you know and it's 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 a really weird idea you know and obviously i'm mocking it a little bit but that is the idea that is conveyed that a lot of the world's issues and ills can be traced back to our sexual repression and if that was my worldview, it would make sense that I would want to educate kids about sexual things as early as possible. Um, and this also makes sense to something that's happening in our society where parents are talking to their kids even about gender. What gender do you think you are? 
at ages of like three, four, uh, things like that. You're having kids coming out as trans at the age of five. Wow, um, that's radical. Yeah, absolutely radical. That that would even man, that be would a even thought. Make sense. That would even be a thought. And it is because you are, in a way, use the word grooming as I, I think it's an a- accurate word to use. That you are grooming someone who's not ready to understand and contextualize things like that. And they're making life-altering decisions at a very young age. It, it's kind of like this. this. This would be uh, an easier example for people to understand. We have something called statutory rape in the United States of America. Which is going to have to go away probably pretty soon. I mean, it has to. <laughs> you know, we keep going down this road. Yeah. But most people today would agree that the laws on statutory rape are a good thing. Because we recognize that at a certain age, kids are not able to give consent specifically to sexual things. So it doesn't matter if your 12-year-old says, I love this 30-year-old man who's hanging out with me and wants to date me. Um, It doesn't matter if that 12-year-old thinks that that's the coolest thing ever. They are not old enough to give consent. They're just not old enough to contextualize what that means. In other words, we are assuming as adults, my child is not old enough to make a life-altering decision like this. They're just not old enough to do that. And when you, the idea in our culture is, if I introduce these themes to kids younger, they'll make good decisions. Where we look at it and say, no, if you introduce these topics and ask kids to make it, because that's what you're doing. You're asking them to make decisions about these topics at such a young age. The odds are they're gonna make wrong decisions and they're gonna be forced to bear those wrong decisions for a long period of time. Um, you know, a good example of this would be, hey, it might be good for me to sit down with my daughter when she's like five or six and talk to her about the possibilities of college and career. However, I would never expect to take her decisions that she makes at six literally, right? So if you talk to a kid about what do you want to be when you grow up, little boy, they're going to say things like firefighters, police officers, military, jet fighter, you know, whatever. Little girls might say things like, you know, nurse teacher they might uh some of them might say musician dancer they might say uh business you know they're like man i want to be like a a ceo or a boss you know they might say something like that you'd be a bad parent though to say okay that that's put you on the track (laughs) to make that dream a reality right now at the age of six you'd be a very bad parent to do that because they're not old enough to contextualize what it takes to be something like that. All they see is that looks cool, right? I know I see people on TV who are these careers and that looks like a lot of fun. They have no clue what it would actually mean for their life, how it would alter their life to actively pursue a career goal like that. So you wouldn't take their word seriously. You might say, hey, let's keep that in the back of your mind. And as they get older, and they're still clinging to it. They're still saying, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. Then you could start giving them opportunities to move in those directions. But you wouldn't immediately start altering their education plan and their lifestyle to fit those goals that they had at five or six. They're just not old enough to make decisions like that. Yeah, so there there is such a thing maybe as progressive education. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there That's is? That's what we would say, <laughs> that there's a such thing as progressive education, that there are things you're not ready to understand at particular ages. 
that you're not able to contextualize. Right. So you can't, you know, maybe the four-year-old can't get into calculus at the moment. Right. (laughs) You're not going to sit down with them and be like, hey, let's talk about calculus or anything like that. It's not that they'll never be able to understand it. It's that it's not appropriate right now. And it might, you know, and really that brings another idea up, a couple things. And one of them is that when you share something like with that, uh, audio clip was all about to a broad audience it might hit one person right. amongst 30 and, and that six year old who's you know might go whoa you know yeah I, I understand that and they might be ready for calculus already at six I don't know right you know, but to have ever to think that everybody's ready for calculus at six, you know, <laughs> sexual calculus, you know, at six. Yeah. And and of course, you know, understanding your body and understanding uh, masturbation might not be uh, the equivalent of a calculus, you know, in that kind of parallel um, analogy. Um, but certainly we would understand at, at a six years old, we would think, man, that that's definitely you know, moving up the, the, the ladder in mathematics, you know. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I think of, too, is, you know, it, there might be an idea, there, there obviously is an ideology behind something like that, like you've discussed. And the other thought I think is, is the dismantling of, of what we call traditional families, uh, traditional sexual families. Right. And, those kind of ways too. Um, there's almost like a, you know, uh, maybe kids, I could see where people could come in and say, hey, maybe kids are oppressed. Mm. You know, maybe that's part of the hegemony. Right. That's part of the oppressor group is parents. Right. Parents are oppressing their children. Right. And we need to somehow dismantle that, take take down that, you know, take it away from the parents, as we've talked about, the the um, education of their children with sexuality, and we need to put it into other people's hands. Right. You know, and because we can't have kids that another generation of people that think that there is a, a purpose, some kind of God purpose for their sexuality. Right. Because um, that just leads to laws that restrict and restrain and not treat people as equal um and i i always think it goes back to those ideologies of what is equal mm. and and that is like such a uh, a really important discussion that i don't hear a lot of um i hear a lot of like like references to the term equality or especially equity but you know, to me, equality is the big one, right? Because um, equity just means kind of like the outcomes are, you know, uh, everybody ha- we have a variety of outcome, a variety of people that are represented in the outcome, right? But um, equality, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean uh, we want to like homosexual uh, marriage? Mm. We want to be equal to heterosexual marriage. Well, the obvious is that well, you, by definition, you can't be equal because by definition, you're not the same. same. Right. So, how can you? What do you mean by equal? What does that mean? Uh, And that's, 
I think an error that really started with the gender confusion in our culture, meaning that for years, every culture had one of three ideas when it came to gender. It was either male ruled, female ruled, or the more Christian idea, and that is you can't really compare the sexes across the board because there is intrinsic differences between them. And so you should expect different outcomes and what's going to happen. So because of that, they treated the sexes as different. So what they tried to do, what true equality looked like, even for what I would say first wave feminism, is it didn't look like everyone is the same. It instead looked like we want to give everyone the same opportunities. That's what we want. We don't expect everything to be the same, but we want everyone to have the same uh, opportunities afforded to them. We don't want one set of opportunities only for males and one set of opportunities only for females. It's only in our society that we came up with this idea of egalitarianism where it's like, no, they're the same. So we can expect the same outcome. We could expect the same thing to happen. So when they're pushing for equality, the idea kind of becomes conflated with equity, where it's like if genuine equality is happening, equality of outcome will be produced. And if it's not happening, then equality hasn't been achieved yet. And uh, even Martin Luther King, who I agree with on a lot, this play I don't agree with him on, he said, in order to achieve equality, things must first become unequal to make up for past inequalities. So in other words, we have to shift things in a radically different direction in order to make things equal because they were shifted in a bad direction to begin with. And I think that even in this, uh, you know, I don't remember her name. <laughs> I forgot it. Something Ang Font Lee, I think was it. But anyway, rate, this woman, the obvious argument that she can give to someone like Mirbo who are saying this is to say, well, yeah, but people don't talk to their kids about this ever. Right. So you're arguing that they're too young. But the problem is that parents never talk to their kids about this. And if they do, they make them feel ashamed of their sexuality. And that leads to all these different problems. And so, in other words, in their minds, they're fighting back against something. They're trying to get this equality. And even in her website, that's what she's trying to say, that I am trying to get sexual equality, equity. I'm trying to get to the place where the genders are the same, where everyone's the same, and everyone has equal rights and accessibility and things like that. And what we're saying is that's not really possible because when you have differences in persons, gender, worldview, ideology, background, and even types of relationships, because they're different, you should expect differences of outcome. That's, that's totally rational. And just because things have been pushed in a negative way in the past doesn't mean we have to push past rationality and swing the total opposite direction, but we could try to find what is like a medium type of, uh, or a mean of how we could operate. So instead of saying, okay, this has led to this type of inequality, so let's educate them this young. No, 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 we're not saying don't educate, we're saying there's a way and a context and a proper way to educate. And yeah, I would be the first one to say, I think the church has absolutely failed in educating kids about sexuality at all, right? It, it, it isn't like, well, we have an issue with it at this age. No, you seem to have an issue with it, period. There doesn't seem to be an age that you want to talk to your kids about this. And that's a problem. But it's equally a problem to say, well, because parents are dropping the ball, 
we're going to take up the ball <laughs> and we're going to teach it how we want. Well, I, I, what I do, what I think is cool is I think first it's so interesting, like that first part of the clip. Like play, play the clip again. Let me pull it up. Maybe filibuster for a second <laughs> while I get it up here. Yeah, I I I, uh, I, I want to hear this clip again, and then I'll I'll tell you what I think like should have happened in this clip. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It's big sometimes and points up in the air. That's called an erection. Sometimes I touch my penis because it feels good. Sometimes when I'm in my bath or when mom puts me to bed, I like to touch my vulva too. You have a clitoris there, Kayla, that probably feels good to touch the same way Keith's penis feels good when he touches it. But have you ever noticed that older kids and grown-ups don't touch their private parts in public? Hmm. They don't? That's right, Keith. It's okay to touch yourself and see how... Okay, right there. Feel. So, um, play that again, that part right there. That it's okay? Yeah. Don't touch their private parts in public? Hmm, they don't? That's right, Keith. It's okay to touch yourself and see how different body parts feel, but it's best to only do it in private. Well, if private parts are so special, why do you cover them up? Okay, well, you know, when I listen to that the second time, yeah, it, it's like, you know, she definitely, I mean, they're definitely not saying like, hey, it's good, like, hey, for the six-year-old to go masturbate. Right. She said it's okay, but and it's best to do it. In yeah, so and that means if you're gonna touch yourself, yeah. like what I got from it is like if you're gonna touch yourself, little kid, you know, do it in private. So I'm not sure it's much different than when a kid, you know, when I see a kid here at the church and they and the mom's like, "Oh, son," you know, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, don't touch yourself," you know. Yeah. Um, in in that sense, um, you know, um. You know, you know, I, I, I don't hear, I don't hear in that saying, "Hey, go home and masturbate." Right. You know, I don't hear that being spoken of. So that's good. Yeah, there is an idea because if, if it was only geared, so if you cut out the female portion of it, meaning when she's talking to the little girl, it would be a lot less creepy, and I think it could be, you could maybe argue this is necessary because a lot of little boys. I don't know. I've been <laughs> I've, I've been in children's ministry. I've been a little kid. I have nephews and nieces that are in this age range. I have never seen this message necessary for little girls. I don't see a whole lot of little girls with their hands down their pants. It just doesn't happen. Um, they don't really think that way. But what really makes it into a objectively sexualized piece is she mentioned specifically the clitoris for little girls on the vulva. Uh, that's different than saying to a little boy, hey, it's sometimes it feels good to touch your penis. And the idea of the idea of the erection also makes it a little creepy. But, you know, like but to just say because most little boys, they're not, as I said, they're not ejaculating. They're not actually masturbating. They're yeah. just touching themselves and it might turn into an erection, but it might not. Like some kids just like like touching themselves down. Yeah. There. You know, that's just how it is. But when you utilize sexualized terms like erection and clitoris, then you are bringing in an idea of masturbation, that this is sexual, what's going on, and sensual, and that's okay. It's okay to explore your sensuality, but just do it in private. That's the idea. And once again, it's like how many parents out there are watching their kids sensually touching themselves, like in public, 
running around sensually massaging themselves in a way that people would look at and be like, whoa, like that's, that's sexual, you know? Yeah. That, that's just not happening. It's, it's a, as I said, it's, it's a lesson that is unnecessary and because it's unnecessary and it is taking a particular stance, it's something that I would look at as that. I don't like it. You know? You know, sometimes I like to, in, in, in talking about subjects and, and, kind of picking through things i like to go back to like okay if i'm on an island or okay if i'm in the woods right you know and i'm just living out in the woods my family you know and you're not in the city and in with all these people Mm -hmm. you know what would you do you know what would your life be like Mm -hmm. you know there's your kid you're raising your kid you know you're working in the on the wood in the woods you're working in you know on the island um you know is you know you know is the issue of uh you know your penis or your clitoris or these kind of things are they is that sounds a bit like a dinosaur when you say <laughs> like that i don't know yeah i mean is that is that is that something that would come up and it makes me but it makes me think like no it wouldn't like you'd be you'd be you'd be busy just working on the right. farm or something right. you know it just sometimes it just wouldn't come up and it wouldn't really it wouldn't have anything to do with a religious point of view or right. ideology whether you were religious or not um it's just the idea that you know i, I mean how many six-year-olds are <laughs> really going like wow you know like really touching themselves a right. ton in that in the genitalia make it that important to to have a full video on you know like the, the amount that would need to be said to like a little five or six-year-old boy would be like you know if you're dealing with a boy like you who maybe was curious and was trying to fondle or to touch you know, private parts of, of girls or even other boys uh, to maybe explain, like to sit down and be like, hey, like this is, these are private parts. They're personal to this person. That's why we don't touch them. That's why we, you know, give them space. We respect that. Uh, you know, that that's the kind of conversation you need to have. But once again, there's an underlying assumption in this video that the kid knows that it's sensual, that <laughs> the kid is processing, this is a sensual part of my anatomy. And that's why I like touching it as opposed to just a six year old kid just being like, this feels good. You know, and his brain doesn't go any further than that, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I remember you being that young yeah. and looking at butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> just hanging out. Cause it looked cool. You know? yeah, like, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine showing you that video. <laughs> yeah. Or that, that thing. Like I would be Peter. able to, yeah, <laughs> to understand that, you know, it, no way. Uh, and, and that's kind of the weird thing about it. That's the weird thing about the video. And again, like how much would you need to really tell a little boy? You just be like, Hey, that's your private parts. Don't do that in public. I mean, there's, there's, you know? there's, there's kids that I'm around that are, you know, in junior high. Right. And they're still I, not ready for and this. And they're still, <laughs> yeah. they're still like, what? <laughs> yeah. If they watch this video, they would be like, whoa. They'd be like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like it's geared towards six-year-olds, but even some 13-year-olds would be like, what is she talking about? You know, like they they yeah. would be so blown away by that, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that, that might be the uh, ideology you know, behind everything right? is the point is, is that the ideology um, of a parent is probably wrong. It's mm. probably part of the, you know, whiteness uh, right. culture, right. you know, the oppressed 
the oppressor culture. Right. That's like repressing little kids and shaming them. Right. And obviously Christianity is bad. Right. And that's part of the oppressor group. Um, And the oppressed need to break out of that Christian, you know, whiteness. Yeah. And, you know, if you have, if you believe intersexuality, intersectionality is good and you believe that um, all ways of having sexual, um, consensual sex is good. Right. Uh, So if, if, if you believe that, hey, it's okay if polygamy is good and polygyny is good and polyandry is good and all that stuff. Yeah. um, And that you, you know, you're okay with any consensual sexual activity you yeah. know it's okay to swing it's okay to swap wives it's okay to you know just go any direction right um and it, you know this month it, for those of you guys <laughs> who don't know it is pride month yeah so it is a month celebrating lgbtq plus but the interesting thing is that there's been a couple things like this that have come to the surface in just the last couple days you know <laughs> like getting into this month and you know one of them was this but another one was an abc like an alphabet book once again, made for like five or six year olds. And some of the letters in the ABC, I think it was called the gay BCs. Like, no, Joe, I'm not, I'm not joking. That's what they called it. Yeah. But in the book, again, geared at five, six year olds, kids learning their ABCs, there was words like bisexual, uh, polyamorous, right? These words are in the book and they are, again, there's, it's not just educating of this is what this is. There's a moral education of this is good. Like, some kids have two mommies some kids have two daddies they're equally great everything's fine don't think anything about it you know other than right on you know no judgment that kind of idea that's that's what's being promoted here so again it's not just an education it is a moral education and that's what parents have a problem with even uh with the TUSD sex ed program where uh, some parents are just i don't want the school to ever talk about sex to my kid fine that you can have that perspective for sure. But some of them, their issue is very much in keeping with what we're talking about. It's the moral education that they have a problem with. Yeah. So we're, we'll continue maybe this talk next time. Yeah. And uh, since it is LGBTQ month, man, we'll hop aboard that train. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about some of these issues. Right. Which is really good, especially the equality one. Man, that one... We could talk uh, a good hour on just to try to decipher um, the the issues with that. So anyway, thanks for listening. You guys take care. Bye-bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.